Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Go to Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, and uh, we're going to read verse number 1 through verse number 12, Matthew chapter 2, and uh, this week we'll be holding an outside service. No, I'm just kidding, so Matthew chapter 2. No tent revival during December, I promise you that. Uh, So uh, Genesis, I mean Genesis, Matthew chapter 2. We'll get the right book here, Uh, Matthew chapter 2. And I'm going to read, and then we're going to get right into it, if you could. Matthew chapter number 2, and that would be awesome. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a great day to be in your house. What a great season to be alive. And Lord, I don't want this morning to come, and I don't want this morning to go without exalting you a little bit more. I had no idea the group would be singing the song they sang about you as our king And just what other king? Uh, Lord, this is that season. Lord, as I sat there and I listened to him sing, I, I, like every preacher that this happens to, it's just that little bit of confirmation even more that when you and I were in the quietness of spending time together and and I was reading about you and and this text, this portion of the text kind of jumped out to me. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the fact that we're living in 2022 and that we get to carry this message and push it a little bit further down the timeline. And Lord, I ask that you'll bless us, help us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, I want you to take note of that, Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that was born king of the Jews? For we have seen the star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. I love this and we're going to come back to this. But the only thing he wanted to know was not who Christ was. He just wanted to know where he was, where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel." Then Herod, when he had privily called these wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when 
they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. The truth this morning is very simple. There was the established King Herod. There was the eternal King Jesus. There was the earthly king with just a little bit of time to live. And then the eternal king that would step from this life back into eternity. During Christmas time, we must never forget, Jesus didn't start in the manger. Jesus has always existed. The only thing Jesus did was he took on him the form of a baby, and then he simply grew to show that he could live among a wicked mankind, yet never be touched with the wickedness, and then he would die as the sinless lamb of God, would be buried, and then guess what he would do? He would rise again and conquer the grave. Don't you love that right there? Let me stop and say during this Christmas time that if you have loved ones that are in the grave, let me tell you something, it's temporary. He conquered the grave, and they are coming out at some point. But Jesus, Herod, these two kings at Christmas time, They represent exactly what has happened and is happening to mankind right now. King Herod represents the devil and his agenda of nothing but death and destruction. But King Jesus represents God and his agenda of love and redemption. Would you go look at Matthew chapter 2 and verse 3? King Herod's reign was based on three things. And know this, there are two kingdoms that we're talking about. There's the King Herod. This is how his kingdom was, and this is how fragile his kingdom was. Do do you realize that if you're living for the devil in the world, that right now you as an individual are a very fragile individual? Whenever somebody is living for self and now, they live on a very fragile, emotional, unstable. Because look, if it represents it, look at Matthew 2, 3. When Herod the king heard these things, what things did he hear? Back up, if you will. Where is he that was born king of the Jews? Oh my goodness. You mean there was another family that gave birth to a son that had rights to a throne? You see, everything with the kings back then, it was dynasty. It was a son was born. In fact, King Herod became king of this little province because after his daddy died, that that they went and changed the will to give this son some... He didn't get this because it was in daddy's will. You study it out. He got this because they changed it to give him part of rulership right here. And all of a sudden, he's two years into his reign about this time, and he hears the fact that now there's another king. Look at verse 3. When Herod the king had heard these things, look at this, he was what? Troubled and all Jerusalem with him. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live where I hear news and it starts dictating how I feel. Ladies and gentlemen, during this Christmas holiday, 
who you are, who I am. I don't want to live in the kingdom of Herod to where I live with a spirit of fear that I can simply have one conversation about a baby that's not even ready to, be, to take, take reign and rule yet, and that conversation can trouble me? That's not where I want to live. But not only that, and all Jerusalem with him. His kingship, his reigning had created a fearful kingdom. Just the news of a baby being born troubled him. And guess what? All Jerusalem was troubled with him. Can can I stop and tell you? I don't know your world. I, I don't know. I know my world. And I can tell you that when my world, when just news just just a conversation when somebody says something to me if all of a sudden my world goes into panic and my world goes into fear then i'm living with the wrong king in my life and we need to be children of god that during this christmas season we recognize and we realize that just like there were two kings that were existence here at this christmas time if you will with this babe in the manger look at matthew 2 verse 7 not only was it a a kingdom of fear a kingdom to where just simple news of a baby being born simple news that this babe was a king look at verse 7 then herod when he had privily called the wise men and Inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared? And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word again that I may come and worship him also. Do you know what kind of kingdom this was? This was a kingdom that when words came of a babe being born as a king, it was troubled, it was fear, it was vexation. But he had created this to where everybody around him was that way. Y'all, listen, when we're living for the devil, and we're living for the king of this world, and we're living for self, we don't like news that doesn't fit our agenda. And then guess what humans do? They start manipulating other people's lives. That's what he did. King Herod said, oh my goodness, there's another king. I know how I got this one, and it wasn't because of daddy. It was because of manipulation. You see, the only reason King Herod was reigning where he was reigning at is because they changed it. Go back and research it. They changed it. Not now. They changed it. And do you know what Herod was saying? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, listen. It's incumbent upon human beings that when we hear news, all of a sudden it's like, let me jump in and let me manipulate this situation. And I'll tell you what you do. You go to Bethlehem, and when you find this king, I want you to come back and I want you to tell me. The third thing that marked the kingdom of Herod is verse 16. Then Herod, Matthew 2, 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked, in other words, the wise men didn't come back was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof from two years old and what, please? Under. Do you know that, that those wise men that went to Bethlehem? Two years. If they killed all the babes two years and under, then what the text is telling us is that for two years... Herod lived in fear. For two years, Herod lived manipulating. 
And for two years, when it dawned on him, I've been used. Then guess what his answer was to it all? Kill them all. I don't want to live that way. I, I, I don't want to live. And it's a great indication in your life and in my life that when the devil has more influence and the world has more influence in our life, guess what we start doing? We start living in a constant state of fear and a constant state of panic. And then we start manipulating situations around us. And then when we find out it's not going well, guess what we do? Destroy it all. Kill it all. But that is not what King Jesus does. Don't you love that? I, I, this morning, I just want to be very simple and tell you that if you're living in turmoil right now, and if just simple words can throw you into a panic, and if simple phrases can throw you into some place and throws me into it, then the King Jesus isn't reigning in our life. And if all of a sudden we start manipulating, King Jesus isn't, isn't alive in our life, and then our, our attitude like King Herod, let's just destroy it all. That's the devil. That's not God. Go back to Matthew 2. I think you're still there. The news comes of this king being born. Would you look at verse number 5? Look at it. They said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. Now, now we find this, I find this very interesting that when King Herod asked them, he said, look, just tell me where he's, he's at. He didn't ask who he was. He just wanted to know where he's at. But can I this morning tell you who he is? Because who he is determines where you put him at. If, if, if God can have credibility in your life, then guess where you'll put him? You will put him in the center of your life. The reason that the King Jesus lives on the outside of people's lives a lot of times is because they're not convinced who is he. Yeah, the bigger question is not where is he. The bigger question is who is he because when there is this belief. And so Herod said, where is he? They said, well, and, and, I, and I love this, he calls the scribes, and if you look there in the text, he calls the scribes and the wise men, and he calls them in, and he says, okay, where, where is he? So then they refer to the prophets. I find this to be telling because if Herod let them research this out, because they told King Herod, thou, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least of, among the princes in, in, of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people. You know what he was saying? Well, king, it tells us over in the prophets. Would you go to the prophets, and I'll give you 10 years to find the book of Micah. So if I go to the book of Micah, he said there's a governor. He said, oh, come out of Bethlehem of Judah. Well, this prophet that they referred to, because they knew the text, they knew the, 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 the uh, writings of the prophet, this was directly from Micah chapter 5. But there's more found here in Micah chapter 5 than just where he will be born. Y'all find it yet? It's right after Jonah. How many found it? Okay, how many cheated to find it? All right. Brother Spencer, thank you for being honest. And uh, Micah chapter 5. It's right next to Nahum. Like, hey, where's Nahum? <laughs> here we go. Micah chapter 5 and look at verse 2. 
Now, now when you start, and, and Christian, this is the key. Hey, if you don't know Christ today and you wonder, why is my life so messed up? Why do I live in fear? It's because the devil's reigning too much in your life. Look what it says in Micah 5 too. But thou, Bethlehem, uh, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto thee that is to be ruler in Israel. Now, now imagine, if you will, that the scribes say, well, well, King Herod, you know, it's said in the prophets over there, and they use the word governor. But then when you start reading Micah, he said, yes, Bethlehem, little among the thousands of Judah, but out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth hath been from what, please? Old from, no wonder he got scared. You're just not talking about an overthrow. You know what this is saying? This king's been coming this way for a long time. He's built momentum. You see, from the fall of man, we talked about it last Sunday night, that I'll put enmity between the seeds. The, the Son of God has been coming this way. And Herod said, oh my goodness, the last time Israel took a trip to whoop people, they whooped everybody going into the promised land. And they know their history. And all of a sudden, here he comes from old, from everlasting. Look at verse 3. It gets, it gets better. Therefore will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth. Then... Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. Remnant? Go, go back, if you will, to Matt. Hold your place there. Matthew chapter 2. Look at it. So now, think of think how Herod's thinking. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Then he starts reading this. Therefore, then the remnant of his brethren shall return. <laughs> you know what he's thinking? There are going to be more men from the east come this way. Is this just the first wave? And, and now we're going to be populated with people looking for this king not only has this king been coming from old and everlasting but but now now here here comes more people look at micah if you will if you lost your place it's not my fault you won't get there by the end of the service amen look at verse four and he shall stand look what kind of governor he'll be and he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now shall he be great unto the ends of the earth. Herod quickly realized that this newborn king in the manger had existed long before he ever showed up, coming out of the womb of this lady, and that the remnant would start returning, and then... King Herod begins to understand that we've got to kill him so that his kingdom can't continue. The remnant will come. He'll stand, and I want you to look at Micah 5, 4. He shall stand and feed in the strength 
of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that this morning that the reason that a believer would tremble and have fear and have anxiety and would be so pendulum-oriented and, and quickly going to one end or the other and there's no balance in a Christian's life is because you're letting the devil and his kingdom influence you. But once God's kingdom influences you, then look what it says about this governor. He shall stand and he shall feed. Those two words right there are very interesting words. It means to endure with the inability to be overthrown. Do you know when he reigns, he can't be overthrown? Can I bring it down to this phrase? Once saved, always saved. It is a doctrine not of the Baptist. It's a doctrine of the Bible. Once saved, always saved. Once he does a work, he does it. And once Christ reigns as your Savior, he cannot be overthrown. And if we would just take that Savior who reigns and put him in our life, and every day put him on the throne of our life, guess what? He'll stand. He cannot be overthrown. And then it says feed. Governor is a verb. It's active. It provides for the people to meet their needs. It is not a lording word. It is a governing. It's active. Really? How active is he? Go to Psalms 23. I love the Bible. In Psalms 23, don't, don't, don't make it trite because we're going to read it together out loud. Are you ready? Psalms 23. You may know it, but I want us to read it together out loud. The poetry, the beauty of this. Are you ready? Begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's how he governs. That's how he would rule. And there is something wonderful about a believer's position in Christ. We're going to heaven. But there's something better about your disposition on this earth. If right now, believer, you are like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I just, I, I don't think I can take one more piece of bad news. I, I don't think I can take one more Facebook post. I don't think I can take one more, wake up to one more tweet or one more negative. Why are we living this way? You know how we ought to be living? God is in control. God reigns supreme. And I'm not worried about any king that's being born somewhere that has no relevance in my life. Because my king has been coming from old and everlasting. He is a governor that will stand. He will not be overthrown. And I'll tell you how he leads. The Lord is my shepherd. He maketh me to lie down in green 
pastures. He puts me beside still waters. He prepares me a table before mine enemies. I hope he puts big daggers in there. He prepares a table before me. He takes care of me. And surely goodness and mercy. All this is for us. And at this Christmas time, I just want you to know there are two kings at Christmas, which means you can live in two kingdoms. The new king's attitude would be twofold. It would be strength and majesty. Would you look there in Micah 5, 4? And he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of his name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide. For now shall he be great unto the ends of the earth. This morning, who would want to live in a kingdom that is all about jealousy, fear, death as a way of fixing problems? manipulation, hatred, a massacre. But everybody wants to be part of a kingdom who has a king who cares, provides, serves. He goes before us. He's not jealous of those around us. The difference between the two kings in Matthew 2 was this. Herod kept people loyal through fear of death. Jesus keeps people loyal through his own death. You see, King Herod would kill everybody around him. King Jesus said, let me die in your place so that you can live. This is the difference. We're getting ready to go to one concluding verse this morning. And and I want to conclude this morning by asking you a question. How are you living right now? Have you been living this entire week with news getting you going? There's people that may not be in church this morning. Want to know why? They don't know how to handle the news they got this week. And, and no, regardless of what we, what we pride ourselves on, you let us get the wrong news at the wrong time in the wrong state of mind, it can tank any one of us and take us to a place that we don't want to go. Boy, being in the hospital, running back before, between two hospitals uh, this week, and, and walking through the, through the hospital and seeing people. I was getting on the elevator, and there was in the elevator a family from Nacogdoches, and they had driven in from Austin, and they met in Nacogdoches, and there their mama sat uh, in her late 80s and, her, and, and a frail husband, and the children were around, and they were about my age, and, and I didn't want to disrespect them, and they were getting on the elevator. They'd just come from the ambulance, and so I'm stepping out, and old grandpa, he, get on in here, get on in here. We got room. You know how Southern hospitality, get, and I felt, I felt awkward. So I'm standing there, and, 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 the, and we get off the elevator, and we start just conversing back and forth. And I said, well, I'm a pastor. So I went and visited Brother Combest and came back out, went into the waiting room, and I said, hey, can I pray with y'all? You know what they said? Oh, yeah, we, we need prayer. But, Pastor, we're going to be okay. Did y'all? Pastor? We're going to be okay. Because whether she lives or she dies, we are going to be just fine. Ladies and gentlemen, you're either living your life by opening the newspaper and going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, did you see, did you see, did you see, and, and, and uh, did, did you see that? And then you got to call somebody, look, up, look at page five on the opening. What are we going to do? I've come to tell you, he reigns supreme, and we're going to be just fine. 
Because when he governs, he doesn't rule and he doesn't lord. He governs by being a shepherd. And if you and I could understand that the reason Herod was troubled was because Herod's kingdom represents that of the devil. Can we go to one concluding verse this morning? John chapter 10 and verse number 10. It it may be familiar to you, and forgive me if I am pulling out verses that don't shock and awe you this morning, but I think it's the mundane that we need to see. John chapter 10. Can we read it together out loud? John chapter 10 and verse number 10. Here it is. If I were to take one verse that sums up two kingdoms, it would be this right here. John 10, 10. Are you there? Are you ready? Much easier to find than Micah. And uh, here we go. John 10, 10. Ready? Begin. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more So if I were to ask you right now, are you living the abundant life? The answer would be based on this. A question. Who's your king? That doesn't mean we don't panic. We're humans. But we shouldn't stay panicked. It doesn't mean that we don't look at situation news and go, oh my goodness. But don't stay there. And I'm telling every one of us, That at this Christmas time, Christmas represents the fact that we had a king that he did not begin in the manger. He's from old and everlasting, and he was building momentum coming this way. And when King Herod said, tell me about this king, where is he at right now? Do you know what they said? We're going to tell you where he's at, but I'm going to tell you who he is and who he is. He's king from old and everlasting. He's marching this way. His remnant's going to come see him where he's at, and he's going to govern. He's going to be steadfast. He's going to stand, and nobody's going to overthrow him. That's where we're headed. I I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what news you have received that has rocked your world, but I do know this, that that is what the devil wants us to live. The, The devil wants us to live like this. You know what the Lord said? I've not given you the spirit of fear. Because no matter what's wrong right now, you let God's grace, you let one drop of God's grace get into it, it fixes it. Please, don't live that way. This morning, we're going to give an invitation. And if you're here and your entire life has been a life of destruction, if you're sitting here and you're like, what is going on? You know what it could be? It could be the fact that you don't have Jesus as your Savior. And getting Jesus as your Savior gives you a power on the inside to where you don't have to live that way. And here in just a moment, there's going to be deacons at the end of the aisle. Would you come down? Would you humble yourself? And would you take them by the hand? And would you just say, I don't know Christ as my Savior. But I got one in addition to that, believer. If you're a nervous Nelly, I have no idea where that came from. If you're nervous and you just can't get past, you're always at the mercy of the news around you. You're always at the mercy of who's next. And, oh, that's bigger than me. I've I've got to manipulate it, destroy it. Listen, it may be bigger than you, but nothing's bigger than God. God can take care of this. I speak to myself. I speak to you this morning. Let's not live a life that we're always letting the prince of this world dictate who we are. 
Our God is in control. And, and, and from our fellow Texans, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.